Good. Are we yeah. live? Are we live? <laughs> yeah, not yet. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome into Pace the Nation, broadcasting back here at Studio 1A in downtown Arlington, Virginia, in the heart of all things, the heart of the universe. Of course, that is Clarendon. I'm your host, Chris Farley, back again for episode 219 of Pace the Nation, a big show, an exciting show to get to, and I've got a full crew joining me today for the show. Across from me, kind of diagonal from me, is Julie Cully. Julie, what's up? I'm actually really impressed how it it sounds as if you've recorded that intro. Like every (laughs) single week, it sounds exactly the same. The inflections, I I mean, maybe slight changes, but you kind of have your thing now. Yeah. It's it's good. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I, I change it up a little bit, but it's only for like the very astute listeners they would on, they would be the only ones to notice it but i try to keep it pretty much the same and a lot of the same talking points universe clarendon back again that stuff so thank you for noticing i think that was sort of a compliment all right to my left of course it's our other co-host it's William E. docs docs what's up it's it's remarkable how you take everything as a compliment. I wish I had that confidence. <laughs> I uh, spin it. I look at the bright I, side. I wish yeah. I had that. I, confidence it makes in it life. so that I get away with a lot at home. That's yeah. good. Like, I think I guess, that yeah. I think you were actually trying to be nice there. I'm like, yeah. all right, go with it. Yeah. Um, I was watching the news last night, and they they said that Iowa was the center of the universe. <laughs> oh, really? I was like, boy, these people are sure not informed. Yeah, they sure <laughs> don't listen to the show. Yeah, Farley, any idea why Iowa is the center of the universe? Is it something to do with politics, mm-hmm. the caucus or something? I, I don't know. There's an Iowa caucus. Wow. Mm-hmm. Is that is that true? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you know what that means, but yes. No, I don't. I know there's corn <laughs> and there's caucus there. <laughs> Those are the two things in Iowa. The caucuses. <laughs> that was yeah, great. I, yeah. So uh, well, yeah, cyclones too, right? <laughs> yeah. See, I should have just stopped with the caucus and just, you know. <laughs> Patted yourself yeah, on the back. Sometimes I say too much. All right. Big show to get to. Uh, a lot to get into, but uh, we, I want to uh, promote our guest off the top here. Excited mm-hmm. to be joined by a buddy of ours. Uh, he's in the industry. He owns Bryn Mawr Running Company. It's Bob Schwelm. He's going to join us on the program. He's going to be on the phone. There was an article that recently came out about him and uh, six other uh, runners who are trying for the six decade challenge of a marathon under three hours in each of the decades, seventies, eighties, nineties, two thousands, and you know, the tens and the twenties. I don't know what we call those, but Oh my gosh, we've been through this. (laughs) I know. So those six decades, Bob is trying to run his sub three hour marathon this, uh, this year. He's done it in the seventies. He's done it in the eighties. He's done it in the nineties. He's done it in the aughts and he's done it in the teens. (laughs) That's right. And now the 20 teens. And now he's trying for the roaring twenties. Uh, so Bob, it's the re roar, re roar. That's right. Yeah, that's right. We, we did go over that a couple episodes ago. So Bob will join us on the phone. Uh, an amazing accomplishment um, that he's already done five decades. Only 41 people have done five decades. Uh, also on today's program, uh, Julie's got something for Docs. And, uh, I hope it's a present and I hope it's expensive. <laughs> and It's neither. And uh. it was 
And it was something related it's to... It's a little uh, too built up now, Yeah, actually. I know, I know. It's We've related like to, talked about it for two weeks. I know, related to last week's show. So Docs is off mm-hmm. last week, so we, or a couple weeks' show. It's Suspended. related to a couple weeks' show, so... Uh, she'll talk about that. Uh, there's some running news uh, that we want to talk about. Uh, one of the most famous marathoners uh, in the country has switched coaches. Uh, Docs has got a few tidbits for us uh, that oh he my. wants to cover. And Pace the Nation heads to the trials, the Olympic trials mm-hmm. in Atlanta. And I want to talk about that. We've got some details. We're leaving early. We've got Taking a sponsor. Six weeks. <laughs> We've got a sponsor. Uh, so we'll talk about uh, all that. Sponsor know we're showing up this early? <laughs> <laughs> well, it will be there, you know, when the trials are actually uh, okay. end of February. So, uh, all right. So, but, uh, Julie, it's been built up. Um, so uh, Yeah, sorry in advance for the letdown. Yeah, so, I want you to start with the sto- that story uh, that you wanted to tell Docs. So, a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. on our last show altogether... Um, Docs Bef- before my suspension. Before your <laughs> suspension, mm-hmm. uh, Docs introduced stealing me signs. to the. He was stealing signs. The, and, the Peloton you know. commercial controversy. Mm-hmm. Um, so he had me watch it right beforehand. I, I mm-hmm. must be the only person that hasn't seen it. I have my head in the sand mm-hmm. um, on social media. So in uh, Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Actually, the, um, your head was in the sand in Hawaii, right. mm-hmm. on a Hawaiian beach. Mm-hmm. Woe was me. Right. While Chris was getting clobbered by waves. Yeah. Um, so true story. Yes. So I've had this Peloton commercial in my head. And so, um, I was in a conversation a couple of weeks ago, maybe a week and a half ago since that, since that conversation happened with our newly minted national championship head coach, Brian Weiss from Georgetown. Mm-hmm. And Brian mentioned the fact that for Christmas, his wife got him a Peloton. Hmm. Oh, he should leave her. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm cracking up because essentially she got him the Peloton because she's really disappointed. He says, this is what he says in in how he looks Mm -hmm. currently. No way. That he needs to get himself in shape. She has a gym membership and Mm -hmm. he's not doing his best to take care of himself, Mm -hmm. which often happens when you're en route to a huge championship. You're Mm -hmm. so focused on what you're doing. You mm-hmm. watch people exercise all day long. It makes it kind of hard to want to go out and be motivated to exercise yourself. So she and he talked about this potentially for Christmas. She gave up her uh, gym membership so that they could uh, get the Peloton together mm-hmm. and support each other's uh, exercise habits and goals. But I believe her goals have been set for him as well. <laughs> um, so, so I brought it up to him like, this is really interesting because it's the exact opposite role in the gender, um, of the commercial the paradigm which we, of the commercial, which we covered in episode two seventeen. So if you haven't, if you don't know the history of the Peloton commercial, watch the commercial and listen to two seventeen. If, if you don't know a history, Kudos for you for being in Hawaii this long. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we were just cracking up about it because uh, it was this, it was a a gender role, um, you know, it was a little bit different than the commercial and it was was such an uproar. So we were kind of cracking up about it. But but what's interesting about that is, is that even though that's what she got him for Christmas, he says they had the conversation beforehand. They talked about it before she went and made that purchase. Yeah. I still think he felt a little bit, like okay i guess my wife doesn't like the way i look right now mm-hmm. and i yeah. must i need to get so she's got it organized of when he works out and she works out um so he's following the plan but we were laughing because well, we we're like well it, you know you're not really you're not that. really helping with my 
uh, argument. My argument. I so know. stop giving more and more details to this. <laughs> so this was this is not a present to Doc. No, ultimately. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like what I wanted to say on the Peloton was like, if we're going to project things that aren't there, I was just wish that we projected positive things rather than projecting negative things. Because I think that makes life much better. But that's not what we do on social media. No. So I, I understand. I'm not going to take away from, from the way he felt on that. But uh, he is he hasn't left her yet, right? No, no. <laughs> yeah. At least that I know of. They seem like a pretty <laughs> solid couple. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you do owe a thank you to Docs because that conversation, you wouldn't have been able to, to speak as, as educatedly is that a word educated no. on it? <laughs> it's not. <laughs> you would you not don't have, sound very educatedly. <laughs> you would not have been able to talk about it uh, as well as you were able to. It, it helped you in a social setting, yeah. which is which is very ironic because I, I fail in every social setting. Well, uh, thank so, it's, you, so it's hilarious that I can you gave have me an a assist. talking point. Yeah, talking point. Yeah. So uh, I just thought that was interesting. I was really excited to yeah. share that because you were off last week and I was mm-hmm. You guys had to wait an extra week we to tell that story. Yeah. Sorry, apologize. I apologize to the audience for uh, putting them through that, but that was really exciting to me. All right. Um, Bob Schwelm, uh, he's uh, the owner of Bryn Mawr Running Company. Uh, just a great guy in the industry. Great storyteller uh, and super fast runner. Actually, my idol. He is 60 years mm-hmm. old and has run a sub three-hour marathon in the five previous decades, and I am sure he's going to be able to run a sub three-hour marathon, at least a sub three-hour marathon in the de- this decade as well. Bob Schwelm, Bryn Mawr Running Company, joins us next here on Pace the Nation. All right, welcome back to the program. And now, Docs and Julie, we're excited to be joined on the phone from Bryn Mawr, I believe. It's our buddy Bob Schwelm joins us. Bob, how are you? I'm doing great, Chris. How are you? Uh, we're doing great, man. Uh, so are you, you're in you're in Bryn Mawr right now, right? At your uh, yeah. Are you, your shop? Where are you right now? I'm I'm at I'm out in the parking lot of our Bryn Mawr. Uh, store to like it's like 50 degrees that's why i want oh, this I to go pretty quick so I, <laughs> I, know, run it I know man before dark <laughs> yep well we're going to talk a lot about your running i want to talk about your Bryn Mawr store there was an article that recently came out from Amby burfoot uh that talked about uh, a few runners who had the potential of doing six decades of sub three hour marathons uh your name is on the list so we're going to talk about you uh we're going to talk about that with you uh before we get into that um you own Bryn Mawr running company and yep. you are one of the original running stores uh when, when did you when did your store open we opened in june of 1991 Wow. So 91. That's, I mean, there, there, there's a, you know, yeah, there's a store. Nine years. There yep. is a, yeah, there's a store on every block now across the, the U.S. It seems like now, but back then running stores weren't as mainstream, right? It, it, right. Exactly. No, there was like one or two in the Philly area. And that's the shop that everybody went to. Uh, I went into the owner there and begged him. I, you know, I, I'll quit my job if you open a store. And, and the original store was like near Villanova, where I lived and uh-huh. trained with all these guys. I'm there. You open a store there, I'll manage it. I just want to earn equity in this store. And that's basically how we started. Um, but we opened. This is the craziest thing. His store was called Fleet Feet. Yep. He opened a Fleet Feet on the East Coast. Sally Edwards opened a Fleet Feet on the West Coast. 
she trademarked her name nationally. Bob didn't do that. So he never trademarked it. He had the rights to the name in the Philly area. He didn't have to change. When we opened our new store here at Villanova or Bryn Mawr, we, we were called Fleet Feet. Uh, and I didn't we know had that. we so yeah so for two years we operated under the name Fleety. the store was kicking ass it was <laughs> unbelievable the, this guy tom rayner came to visit the store he's the owner he bought the, the fleet feet chain from sally edwards they had 88 stores at the time comes to visit me with two lawyers and sits in the back and goes you can't use the name you know you never he's grandfathered in but this is a new store you cannot use the name fleet feet if you want to keep the name you're going to have to pay us twenty five thousand dollars franchise oh fee wow. and, and we're going to take you know two percent of your like whatever it is out of your gross and you didn't I'm have twenty five thousand dollars yeah and i'm there, in I, the- and I'm there and i just basically <laughs> said to him the name's not that good right. so, <laughs> so, so we had a name the store contest for a two hundred dollar gift card okay and I had one Ooh. so i had a dry erase board at the front of the store people would come in and write their name down or write the name of a, a running store they coming up with all these great names and finally somebody put down Bryn Mawr running company and this is in 1993 and i'm going Bryn running company i go that's it i go no one will ever use that name no <laughs> one would ever <laughs> so right. i and so i i didn't even trademark the name i go if you don't have a store in Bryn you're not going to open right whatever so we gave the guy the 200 gift card i still you know you know he's still a friend of mine and all that and then sure enough all of a sudden somebody goes do you ever hear a boulder running company and i go <laughs> really and then georgetown running company, and then you know princeton running company, and then literally every store in the country is called running company and if i had to do it over again i oh. never would have used the name running company or you would have trademarked it pacer pacers too or you would have trademarked running company yeah. I know. So it's all, you know, it's all, it, it, you know, water under the bridge. But yeah, right. but, but it, is, it feels like a generic. I feel like I'm part of a chain when I say running company. Are, now, are you tell, Are you still taking submissions for that contest? <laughs> is it still open? Well, yeah, it's funny. So we, my whole, uh, we opened a store up in Emmaus and we, and that we actually went with um, um, Emmaus run in, run in being um, INN. And like our tagline is, you know, good, sh- good shoes, good service, good times. And mm-hmm. that, and our cash counters are set up like a bar where we have tap handles with all the vendors and it, you know, we have behind it, you know, shoes on tap and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. That's awesome. I wish I had done that. In some of the others. So, so for our listeners, Bryn Mawr is how close and you got stores in media Westchester. And then there was another one you said, yeah, Emmaus, like an hour north. Okay, and so Bryn Mawr is close to Philly, right? I mean, it's basically yep. a suburb of Philadelphia. Yeah, yep, yep. Gotcha. It's the main line. Yeah. Gotcha. All right, well, uh, you started in, in, in 91. You were always a runner. What were you doing before uh, the, the running store? Um, I sold uh, silver for a company out of <laughs> Boston. Um, so I was a traveling salesman hitting up jewelry stores, department okay. stores, and it, it, Back in the day, that's what when you registered as a bride, you registered for like a a silverware pattern or silver and stuff like that. Wow. And that's what we, that's what I sold, and I hated every day of it. Right, but right. 
Yeah, but that's what I did for nine years. Wow, Bob, Bob is a passionate guy. He, you know, he's passionate about beer. He's passionate about music. He's passionate about running. He's passionate mm-hmm. obviously about his family. Silver, I don't think he would be. I wouldn't call you passionate. Yeah, about that. <laughs> yeah, right. No, not so. Every day, all I was thinking about was you know the run, you well, know, and all that. That's what I live for. That's what I work for. I could cover my territory in six months. So I really had six months to train. And I lived with a great group of guys out in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. but we, you know, you can visit that, you know, later. But yeah. yeah. Were you, were you like selling like the raw material silver? No, no, no. like baby, baby cups, picture frames, uh-huh. you know, things like that. Oh, gotcha. All right. Fake football trophies. Yeah. Right, right. Well, right, I, I right, did win exactly. my fantasy football. <laughs> I, I would, I would we don't have time to get <laughs> right, into yeah. that. We only got All it for right, a short so, time. So, Bob, I want to talk about this Ambie yeah. Bur- Burfoot uh, article. Uh, so, 1979, it looks like, was your first sub-three marathon. Yeah. Was that your first marathon? Yeah. So, I, I grew up in Bedford, Massachusetts, and I played – um, sports. I was a football, basketball, baseball player growing up. Eventually I hurt my back. I switched to soccer mm-hmm. and that's, I went to college on a soccer scholarship and I, and, uh, but when I was in high school, my sophomore year, the track coach who I didn't know grabbed me by the arm and, and, and just pulled me aside and said, you could be a great runner. And, I, and he planted that seed in my head and, and I never loved basketball. So I switched, I, played i switched to indoor track so i played in high school soccer indoor track and baseball Hmm. and i was recruited for soccer and baseball to play um in college but indoor track and track is something that i love my best friends were all the track guys my coach i idolized he was a marathoner so in the summers i would do 15 16 mile runs with him and all the other guys you know like six minute you know six ten pace in high school just a hammer and loved it. That's what I really was. So I, but I went to Franklin and Marshall college and I'm, you know, on the soccer team, the cross country team just practiced, um, out of this open facility around on the fields around the soccer. And all I do is watch them. And finally my junior year, I go, I gotta, I gotta run. So I switched over to, to cross country. And this is crazy. Um, I, w- I was the goalie, so I, w- I didn't even run. I was the goalie. <laughs> I- I'm six foot two. Yep. I weighed I weighed about 195 to 200 pounds. I was Jeez. a big goalie, and um, I still wear the same size pants that I did then. So it was all just, you know, I weighed 155 to 160 now. Right, right. And, uh, so I wanted to run cross country and went through a massive weight loss and all this stuff, but became friends on the team. And they all said, Hey, we're running this marathon up in Allentown up, um, called the prevention marathon. And you know, my coach was a marathon. I go, I'll do it. I'll do it. And it was in the spring, like March of 79. And, uh, went up no time goal, no nothing just to finish it and ran in whatever, two fifty seven. you know, running through, I remember running through puddles and just it was freezing cold. We were all dressed, you know, in cotton, whatever. And yeah, and that was it. So obviously there's no, you know, no track of decades and things like that. Right. Um, and so that first marathon kind of left my, because I went, you know, I was still in college, you know, ran track, you know, I, I had even forgotten that I had run a marathon in the seventies until somebody pointed out to me about this 
at the time the five decade club and i'm going oh you know and that's when i realized hey i i did run run in the 70s and all that so they did the research and you know found the time and, and, and you ran that. 257 12 it was the yeah trexel toe to marathon y- yeah yeah um, it was up in up in up in the lehigh valley lehigh valley so uh that sort of what's your appetite for running and, and you you eventually after you after college I mean, yeah. you start running as a, as right. a, as so a I, I, full-time, I as a, getting, not yeah. as a job, but, you know, you, you're, you're running, and you're running hard. So I, so this is – so you've, I've told this story to you on runs before. Yeah. So when I moved out to Pittsburgh, and I just ended up living with these elite runners, and I'm a Division three like, you know – Goalie. Horrible, you know, horrible runner. Right. And uh, just start running with these guys, and they're all running 100 to – 120 to 140 miles a week and i'm just tagging along for the ride and they're all training for the boston marathon this is like early 80s 80 81 82 83 so they're all every everybody at the time that's you know you had to run a sub 250 to qualify so these guys go you hey we'll pace you you got to go run a marathon you got to get a qualifying time to run so we run them uh, just pick a marathon and they all pace. We run two, I ran 249 to qualify. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to run my first marathon up at Boston, 1983. And, um, my high school coach up in Boston's running. I'm up there, you know, I'm all fired up. So he's like a mid two twenties guy, like 228 marathoner. So I go, I'll just run with this group. And, and I ended up running. I ran a 113 first half. And and I and it felt so easy. I go, I'm gonna go. And I ran 109 second half. So my first marathon, I ran a 222. And I didn't do one track workout. I just ran a hundred miles a week with these guys at like whatever pace they were running. I'm just hanging on for dear life. Never, not one interval, not one anything. So I'd run this marathon. And I go, oh my god! Like if I can do that, you know, imagine if. I actually trained, another, you know, and then again, I imagine if I lose another, <laughs> right, right, and and start doing. Oh, I could be a two fifteen marathoner like these guys. Well, I I started training like that, and you know, abused my body. I had so many injuries for the next really like eight nine years, really until. 91 or 90 when i opened the store i i was injured all the time always just cross training and things like that uh it but then finally you know got healthy and you know actually put weight back on i got really 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 skinny so so that was 79 yeah we talked about 83 to 222 32 of boston so there's the two decades easily um, yep. and, and, and Bob's got such great stories. You could tell a number of them. I, 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 I think in the nineties, one year, uh, sub three hours, sub two forty, yeah. um, was where you ran New York. And I'd love for you to tell that story. Was that? Yeah. In the 90s? So, yeah. So this is in like, it's 1995 and, um, it was probably one of my best years running. I had really hit PRs like, you know, low 49s for 10 miles, things like that. And, um, you know, just really solid PRs in almost every event. And I wanted to run the New York City Marathon. And they would not, they didn't know who I, you know. So I couldn't get an elite number. And running New York, if you're in the masses, there's no right. corrals there. It is just fight for your position. 
and and you know do your best and and, and, and in the first few miles you're swimming upstream yeah, against so yeah. much traffic and, it's impossible and, and i've never run, run the i've never run the race i really don't know but the logistics of how to even get up near the front so i'm there now i'm not going to run it so a friend of mine goes i know somebody in the um in the detect he's a detective for the nypd they have a team that races against the fire department every year i might be able to get you on that team well sure enough i they get me on the nypd um team and um basically we have a meeting point on sunday morning and we lead all the masses we lock arms we walk up the veritano bridge and we are a, a line behind the elite runners and you're wearing an nypd singlet yeah so i have th- i have this bright yellow nypd singlet have on. you ever done any I, police work in your life <laughs> nothing no. in fact i've been arrested twice familiar with the police process uh, yes, i'm very familiar yeah and um and I, oh, I, and I'm, you know, I have crew cut blonde hair. I'm wearing Oakley sunglasses, whatever. And uh, we get up onto the bridge, and so, you're locking arms uh, the, the, like the, the chief of police. You know, he actually introduced me as Bob Schwelm. Here, I raise my hand, and he, and he goes to, he goes, "This is the guy that's going to win it for us," whatever. So, <laughs> whatever. So the gun goes off, and and, it, and it's crazy that the masses, you're you're actually lined up about fifty yards behind. Maybe, maybe, maybe not quite that far behind the elite runners. So the gun goes off, and I'm there. Man, I got to get. So I really worked hard for like the first two or three miles to catch the back of that pack because I would have had to run solo the whole way. Mm-hmm. And um, finally caught up. And I'm, I'm. It's it's an incredibly windy day, and I had a great race, and I and I knew I and I finished media pretty well and i ran a 222 but it was brutal conditions it was 40 40 mile an hour winds and it was really tough and everybody tough. is cheering for you along yeah, way going, because, going crazy because so, you're nypd outfit. yeah so so but then this is the crazy part of the story so i'm in a bar that night celebrating with you know friends and all that and this is 1995 and and i and I'm on the, on the television in the bar. I they have ESPN on, and I see my name on the bottom of the screen, and I'm going, "What the heck is going on?" Like Bob Schwab. Well, we find out somebody had heard whatever they were talking, and they find I found out that night that I was the first American in the New York City Marathon. So the bar goes crazy, literally. They had us like sit on stools, put our heads backwards on the bar, and the bar like thirty people, and the bartender just went pouring shots down everybody's throat. It was mayhem, and um, there's no cell phones at this time. There's no nothing, and then I realized, you know, why policemen were going so crazy during the races. One, I'm wearing NYPD, and two, I'm the first, literally the first, you know, white guy. I mean, it was crazy. <laughs> right, and, and, then, and at this time, and they again, think I'm a cop. They think I'm a cop, and they, they're going ballistic. So I get home and everybody had answering like machines. <laughs> everybody has answering machines, and I have like over a hundred messages on my answering machine. And I hadn't, I, I didn't know what. Um, so Keith Overman was the uh, the guy, Sports Center uh, anchor, on, on right. Sports Center. So what happened was he's on air and he goes today at the New York City Marathon. Salvador Garcia from uh, Mexico right. won in a time of two hours and ten minutes. 
and talk about the sad state of American distance running. Who the hell is Bob Schwelm? And that was my name. <laughs> <on> the- <laughs> so oh my it was insane. So everybody, all these messages, like, who the hell are you? Like, it was, it was crazy. Yeah. So that, yeah, that was my 15 minutes of fame. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Who so it's pretty cool. Bob Schwelm. <laughs> yeah. Keith and Overman. I still have that. I have that singlet and pictures of me coming off the bridge, and they're fantastic. But it was pretty that's cool. That's great. So that's yeah. uh, mid 90s. So you obviously hit. Uh, you're, you're yeah, and I've been running, and I've been running other marathons, but yeah. they all, like, I, I w- would run, you know. So I ran two twenty two in eighty three. I ran two twenty two at Pittsburgh in eighty five. I ran two twenty two at Boston in eighty seven. I ran two twenty two at Boston, you know, in eighty nine ninety one. It was crazy. I could not break two twenty two, and this is kind of, this is. The qualifying time for the Olympic trials prior to that was to either 219 or 220. Mm-hmm. And that's what I would shoot for every time I ran. So every time I ran, I would go out in 109 and change or high 108 and then try to hang on. And I would always slow down and run 222. 222. In yeah. 1996, they raised the standard to 222. And and I'm 37 years old at this time. When they raised the standard to 222, all of my marathons were like 220 and 221. <laughs> it's crazy because I had I didn't go out in 108. Right, right. I went out. Oh, I can go out in 110. It's amazing. 110, 111. And, and then, I was yeah. able to even split just those few seconds wow. of going out too hard. And you talk, you're like, I'm, you guys coach people. Yep. And you go, man, seconds at the beginning are going to be minutes at the end. It seriously is. It's such a mental like thing. You know, it, yep. It's crazy. I wish if it had been 222 when I was in my mid-20s, I probably would have run a 219. Even that day at New York in the wind, I always go, oh, that was probably you know, a 218, 219 effort, you know, because all my times are, you know, on that linear, you know, yep. like a 5K, 10K, half, 10, you know, they all line up, except the marathon's just slightly slower. So, but. so eventually you do qualify for the trials, correct? Yeah. So in 96 at Boston, yep. I, I ran a two, I ran, I qualified twice a year. I ran grandma's and Boston. Mm-hmm. And then in, when I was 40, I qualified again, um, I ran a 220 at 40 and qualified wow. for the 2000 trials, but I didn't run the trials in 2000 because I wanted, um, Boston has huge prize money for masters. For masters. Yep. Yeah. It's 10,000 for first five. It, it, it's, it's deep. It only goes five deep, but I knew I was right there. You know, that's where the Russians can, everybody shows up for that money. And uh, so I ran Boston in 2000 and got, um, fourth master fourth. there and, and get one like two thousand, and then the next year ran and got like fifth master and won some money there. So, yeah. So that was the the, the two thousand. So you're easily in in the the, the two twenty range, right? And, and then the two thousands, and you're forty yeah. years old. And are you feeling good? I mean, are you feeling good? You said yeah, you had like some I, injury problems early on, but yeah, just uh, then. And then once I opened the store, I I have really even you know. To, even today, I and you know me. I run. I basically run every day as far as I want. Every this guy day. is my idol. This is yeah, it. and, and, and um, he's he's not he's not chancing it at the bar the night before either. This is the great yeah. thing about him. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he's, no, he's, taking advantage I, of all I opportunities. Yeah, I, yeah. I I don't 
yeah, from that I don't recover like I used to. Right. But right. yeah, it still doesn't hold me back. Right, right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so but like, and that's one of the you know one of the things I was really proud of you know to go and actually then at at fifty to run two thirty, which you know that was that was in two thousand and nine. Um, so I I decided. I kind of like at forty-two or three. I, I re- semi-retired again, and that, and and I know Julie and you guys have gone through this, like as competitive athletes. Once you're stuck, if you're not running faster, why are you doing this? And that's was my <laughs> attitude. Like, yeah. like why? You know, why put in all the? Like, the only reason I ran was because I always thought I could do better. Right. And even even when you PR, you go, ah, you know, those are the days where I actually like, man. I, you know, you feel so good. Like if I had just pushed it here or there, I think I could have, you know, so you're always, I never was satisfied. Julie is um, nodding vociferously. Yeah. yeah, she yeah like, yes. So, so once I, I thought, you know, at 43, I'm not going to run any faster. I, I retired. I kept running and I would jump in maybe one or two races a year, like Philly and stuff like that. But then I started approaching, um, 50 and I go I turned 50 in 2009 I go man the American record's only 229 11 I go I, I think I can get it so I trained pretty hard uh Terrence Mahan and uh, Mike McKeeman coached me I was kind of following like a Ryan Hall type program mm-hmm. and got super fit went to Chicago and um and missed the record by a minute but I ran a 230 at 50 wow. and I kept oh thinking wow you know that's a quite a spread from from 1983 to 2009 I, I literally only slowed down seven minutes it's crazy so so then i then somebody and then i was going to retire because I, I started the family really late in life i started at 48 and 49 so mm-hmm. i have 11 and 12 year old girls so i go you know and now they're like two and three you know i go i i can't I can't go to races on weekends. Now I'm, I'm really retired. Now we're really yeah. vibing with Julie and I are looking at each other like, yeah, we understand that because that's yeah. where we are with the yeah. three and one year old. Yes. But then somebody told me about the five decades. So I did jump in Philly in 2010 because it has, that's when the decade starts in the zero. So I ran Philly in 233. So I would be, and that when I did it, there was only 17 people in the world that had done it. Now it's up to 41. And you'll see a lot more get in the five-decade club because a lot of people ran a marathon in the 80s now. So now it's 80s, 90s. And people now in the 20, in 2020 will be their five decades and they'll join that club. So I would assume right now there's only 41 in the world that have done it. There'll be another 50 to 100 or more do it in you know the next 10 years join the five decade that's when ambi goes well we got to see somebody do it in six right and i haven't run a race in like eight or nine years so we are like um but uh i, I still run every day yeah and i think i and so i said you know what i'm gonna run i, I want to be like i have big big goals like i'm gonna be the first to do it so i thought i was gonna do the um uh, the Phoenix Marathon this February. So I started training like seriously in, I guess maybe September. And so I, I go, you know, I love trying new stuff. So I brought, I bought Brad Hudson's book, Run Faster, it was printed in 2008. And um, Julie will appreciate, and you guys will appreciate this. So I go, 
you know, I, I'm 60 years old. So I go, yeah, I'm going to follow his elite, you know, like the <laughs> level three. Program. Of course. And I didn't know much about Brad. But this guy, he, there's like no recovery days. Right? No, he's, there's zero. You're zero. doing something hard every day. Yeah. So, so I get like three weeks into this and I'm telling people, I said, the guys at the store, like, this is insane. <laughs> I, I did a tempo yesterday. I'm doing like a farlick today and I'm going, you know, and they're all like, wow. And I'll go, you know, this guy, you know, I wonder if he's ever coached anybody my age. So I do some investigating and I, and I get his phone number and I call him out in Boulder and I, you know, so we had a long conversation and uh, he, he started, um, you know, tailoring my work scaling it back still, giving you a still focusing on 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 the on phoenix and yeah. um and and i was starting to really get i could just tell you you can just tell when you're really like the word i was really responding just because i hadn't done speed in so long just doing strides and short hills i was really like just getting some bounce back in the legs um so he's getting confident, but I had a, we had a manager, uh, we had to fire our Emmaus manager mm-hmm. uh, who'd been there six years. I've had to work so much, like 50, 60 hour work weeks that I kind of just put the marathon on hold till later this year. I am still going to run one, but it probably won't be till fall. And, and it's, it's actually better. Like having, um, like you got, it's supposed to snow this weekend. Right, like right, having a exactly. long, having long runs, looming over you are hard enough as it is knowing oh god i gotta go 22 miles right. you know but to have the weather, the weather thrown in going oh too. shit it's supposed to snow <laughs> right. saturday maybe i'll do it friday right you know and then it, you're only on two days rest rather than the full you know you just mess things up you're better off doing it when the weather's nice so you know? and, <clears> so yeah again what just to, to kind of recap a little bit there you yeah. you were the you were the uh five decades you were the 19th person to do it there's 41 people have done it nobody has ever done six decades yeah um, and, yep. and, and and the, and the crazy thing bob is that you're not just breaking three hours because that's sort of the the you know the standard that we're, we're talking yeah. about i mean you could be this could be your fifth decade under 240 Two, yeah that's i'm i was thinking is that where you're thinking is that where your head's at or are you thinking let's just get to 259 well, the, the february one was going to be just like oh, i'll just train i'll try to get in 255 shape to yeah. give myself a little bit of it i'm joking around i joke this is what i go i really need to get in 305 shape and put on vapor flies and then i know i'll get a 255 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but uh i um so right now i feel it with the summer and the way i responded to the, just that little bit of uptick in volume and quality that i a 240 two is the i think around the american record that would be awful hard mm-hmm. uh, you know actually breaking 250 which i thought would be a joke when you run a two-third you know if you've only slowed down a little bit you know up to 50 why would right but believe me once you hit the slowdown it really yeah it, it, yeah. it it's it's tough so break 250 would be a be breaking great. 250 would be great right. i mean i'd be like psyched right. obviously just breaking three would be you know, incredible in itself. For sure. Yeah. Well, it sounds yeah. like it sounds like we should line up some sort of uh, breaking three marathon <laughs> where right. the two of you guys are doing it together. I, I'd love yeah. to. I, well, 
Yeah, so I've talked to some of like in, in, Chris knows some of the guys like you know like Rick Wilhelm and yep. some other guys. When I ran Chicago, I had a group of young guys that just that just liked me and wanted to run with me to break the American record. I had a um, couple of guys from Nike, you know, Sean, remember Sean Puffy yep. and some other guys and uh, uh, Brian um, from Nike and Dave yep. Welsh who owns another store. They were. Uh, we had a group of like 12 guys and basically it was like, you know, Kikogi, you know, <laughs> they formed a V. I sat in the back, just sat there. But a lot of guys, I think, want to um, run this three hour marathon. That's why the other reason I'm glad I'm not doing Phoenix because I'd be out there by myself. So I think picking a major where a lot of guys can come and go, hey, let's all do this together. Be a oh, this is my, um, I'm, I'm doing it. Yeah. Whatever you're doing, I'm yeah. in so for that's what I think. Yeah. It would it'd be motivation yeah. for a lot It'd be fun to do together. You know, I haven't run a marathon in a while, so that's yeah. that's kind of what I'm thinking now. Yeah, um, six decades, sub three hour marathons. The article we'll tweet out the article uh, from Podium Runner. It's uh, from Amby Burfoot. There's a, a number of other folks. Well, I wouldn't. I shouldn't say a number, but it looks like one, two, three, four, five. He he profiles six. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and, and I know most of those guys. Mm-hmm. It's you know. I'm, uh, and Joan Benoit is one of them Joan as well. Benoid, which, yeah, and um, and and some of the guys that are shooting for this. So if you look at the list of forty-one, most of the guys ran like a two fifty-eight or two fifty-nine in their fifth decade, you know, and and got that. They have no shot at it. But there are a lot of guys that have run in the two forties, and and I think have realistic shots at it. There's a like a Russian Olympian. Um, Kolov or Kolkov, he, he's he's a two ten guy, two eleven guy. He ran a two thirty at or two thirty one at fifty. Um, he's obviously is some mm-hmm. Japanese guy that he was an Olympian also. Um, so it's yeah, there's there's some real good guys there, but a lot of the guys like Bud Coates, who's a two thirteen marathoner, he he, he can barely walk now. And, right, you know right. that's going to be really tough for him to do the training. Where you know I've really and and part of you know a lot of people go, oh my God, you must have good genes that you can do this. You know, you know, it's it's genetics and things like that. Yeah, there is some of that, but I really I really believe that you know. Um, Good form and, mm-hmm. and mechanics are probably the biggest part of it. For a guy that's 6'2", I land really softly. Um, I think that's been the, you know, one of the biggest things. You, you can't be injury prone and get to that, you know, to that consistency over all the years. Uh, and yeah. you know, and and then you know, Chris having an owning shoe stores, like <laughs> believe me, you can to, switch shoes yeah, on a daily absolutely. basis. Oh, this isn't yeah. working, you know. You're, you're not, you, yeah, you can really, you know, um, figure out what's going to work. And that's but the I'm, key. And a lot of our listeners probably are listening, saying, "How does this guy stay healthy?" And that gives us some yeah. good insight. Um, what what shoes are you running in now? Uh, what well, is I, Bob Schwelm running now? Yeah, so uh, about. Eight or nine years ago, um, I was starting to get a little bit of knee pain, and um, I ran a lot of trails with my dog, and um, I, I, I would come, and you're running on a trail, and there's a low-hanging branch, and I would bend over to go under the branch, and I, that's when my knee would really hurt, and mm-hmm. I'm thinking, geez, this is, re-, you know, every time I bend over, so I started really looking into, you know, proper running form, and this was a obviously born to run yep, came out that and time things yep. like that so i started just working on my mechanics and so 
I kept reading that, you know, if, if with a lower drop shoe. So I gradually, you know, switched from uh, my normal training shoes to say a Newton or a, mm-hmm. or a, or a Saucony with a four millimeter drop, five millimeter drop. Eventually I'd mix in an alter, which is zero or a new balance. And they were very uncomfortable. I mean, I don't like these zero drops, but as I kept you know getting used to it and used to it event now i really only run in in like zero, zero drop, drop shoes, shoes and wow. not even the very cushioned ones either wow. um i really you know and i do i do a lot of like prehab type stuff for my feet and i think that's probably what most people really need to work on and i talk you know in the store and you, chris has never heard me on the sales floor but when i talk to people a lot of people come in with an injury and they they're blaming their shoes and i go it could be your shoes but it's probably you that you're hurt <laughs> and right. um it, 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 I, it if you took up any other sport you know tennis golf swimming you take lessons with running you don't and you could be doing it wrong and because you think it's right and it's with a few little things talking to people but part of what i always say is running is a one-legged activity you're on one leg half the time. Mm-hmm. Walking is a completely different sport. You're on, you know, both, both feet, feet are touching the ground at the same time. And, and I go, you have an injury and you want to keep running. I go, get, get on your right foot. Or, you know, the, if there's an injury on the right side, I get on your right foot. Can you hop on your right foot? Mm-hmm. Can you hop on your left foot? And they go, no, that hurts. I go, then you can't go running. And then I go, you have to really work. Like if you're on one foot half the time, think how strong your foot has to be to balance, you know? So I always, you know, I really have people try to really just stand on one foot, do exercise. I do a lot of just little, you know, I'm on one foot half, you know, right. I, I, at a desk, I stand, I brush my teeth on one foot. Mm-hmm. I just work on, try Stability to walk barefoot stuff. as much yeah. as possible. All the intrinsic muscles for running, if you can develop that, you're going to, the feet are the foundation of the house. You know, if they're strong, you're going to have a strong, you really are you know, going to prevent a ton of injuries. I think and that's so, great. I think that's great yeah. advice, Bob. I think, uh, you know, yeah. form and, and, and having a stable yep. uh, base and, and your feet are, are absolutely huge, huge parts yep. of it. Yeah. Um, so a couple quick things before we before we get yep. you out of there here. Um, we're looking forward to seeing you. This group will be at the uh, Olympic trials, um, and you know, looking forward to, to seeing you there. Um, how I mean, it's different now than it was when Bob Schwelm was. Uh, you know, the state of distance running was so bad when Bob Schwelm was the top. Yeah, most yeah, top right. What do you think? Like, it's such a different world now. Who we're going to see race um, oh. at at the trials uh, this next February, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm yeah, I'm so excited. Like, yeah, it's, yeah like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and there's so much more like information out there. Like, I. I run now listening to podcasts yep. i look forward every tuesday to the let's run podcast mm-hmm. and, and you know the information that i know about who else is out there is so much you don't back in the day you, you didn't got a, have it you know a magazine once a month and you're, you're right. scrambling and trying to look at results in the back of the magazine <laughs> to see that are two or three months old the results and you're, you're excited to see those now yeah. you know you're constantly up what was it you know track and you field know, news who, track and field news yeah, 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 tra- yeah. the running times right. was the only one that actually had road race road race, results. Oh, road okay. race yeah. yeah and you would be 
dying to see <laughs> your name. Like I was top ten, you know. That's yeah. they they only print the top five, you right. know. Like, right. You just yeah, but it was yeah, they, it was crazy, and you just didn't know what other people were doing training wise. You're in your own little bubble all over the country, and now everything is you know you have guys that you're rooting for, yeah. like. Yeah, so it, it, it it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty. It'll be cool. fun. There's so much more information out there. There's gonna be, uh, you know, I, I don't yeah. know who's gonna make the team on the men's or women's side. It's it's crazy. There's so so many good athletes. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so that that'll be great. Uh, do, do you another quick one for you before? Uh, do you still do your legendary? Is it Tuesday night track workouts? Is that a key to your success? Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. So that was like. Um, so I coached the, the Bryn Mawr running club when it's heyday, we had 400 people and we would on Tuesday nights have, you know, 80 to a hundred people show up at the store and, and I wrote the workouts for the running club, which basically I was writing workouts for myself, <laughs> and, you know, and then force everybody to, to join. Those, right? <laughs> Truth comes out. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Somebody had to do it. Right. And, uh, uh, but yeah, so the, um, we still have Tuesday. We're in hill hill workout uh, mode right now. So we in the winter we start with and I just, I'm a big believer in hills. We start with eight weeks. So January the first Tuesday in January we go eight weeks straight of just hills and um, and I've run you know come you know great track workouts you know right after that and, you know yeah you can get fit. So every any any of our listeners you're welcome to to Bob's legendary Tuesday night. Yeah, I'm getting some then, tips right now. Afterwards, yeah, yeah, afterwards it, after after the whole after the workouts it's called Tuesdays with Bob. We <laughs> sit around, we sit around and have a couple of beverages. So then that and you counteract all the good work you right, did. And right. Then you, and then you'll really learn. That's where you get down to business. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. All right, we got to make we got to make sure we make a trip to to one of these workouts as we get ready for whatever marathon. Or if there's yeah, traffic, right. we can make it to just the thing after the workout. Yeah, we can just yeah, right. sitting down with Bob <laughs> drinking beers. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. The article is Podium Runner. Again, we'll tweet it out. A great article. Bob's part of the article. Six decades of sub three hour marathons. All right. When you find out what marathon you're doing, man, you got to let me know. I'm in for it. Um, I am. Um, I, I I've got twenty one years of of sub three hour marathons More every or less. year. Yeah, I'm I, and I'm very proud of the streak. And yep. I, and you know I said you know what I did my marathon my first marathon in nineteen ninety nine because I think that's key to it is that you got to be kind of on the end of the <laughs> end of the decade. Yes, you know? absolutely. So I Steve, said, Steve Spence in his mile. He yep. always did him in November or December. At the end, could, yep. So then I, do one in January. Yep, so <laughs> yeah. I'm, I was 99, Bob was 79. Yeah, so I um, yeah. So I, I said to Bob, you know, I got a chance at this five decade. And he said, listen, Farley, you, <laughs> yeah. you, when you're I riding was 42, the line. When I was 42, I was running about yeah. uh, two, yeah. 220-something. <laughs> well, it's crazy. Crazy though to to think like what you thought like oh three how you know it, when life gets in the way yeah, and things I like know. that man and you it, it it's much more you know Difficult. much harder than yeah exactly than yeah. thought it would be and that's where I'm at like wow <laughs> right. this is not going to be just a, a Sunday run <laughs> no. I'm going to have to train yeah well whatever that race is we're going to be following you I'm going to be running it with you so uh, figure out what sounds that is good and, and you let us know all right okay. well, all righty yeah all right Bob well we really appreciate your time uh, looking forward to catching up with you uh, at the trials and. Uh, Man, uh, keep it going. We'll we'll have to uh, get you on one more time before your your mar mar your next marathon for the sixth decade because this is a big yeah. deal. 
Uh, All righty, Chris so, right. and Julian. Well, thank Dogs. you so much. Okay. Yeah. All right, buddy. Th- th- okay. Thanks so much. There he goes. That's Bob Schwelm from Bryn Mawr Running Company. He's trying to do uh, the sixth decade marathon under three hours. He joined us on Pace the Nation. We're going to take a quick break and be right back after this. All right, welcome back to the program, and thanks again to Bob Schwelm for joining us today on Pace the Nation. He is after the sixth sub-three marathon in the sixth decade in a row for him. Unbelievable. And actually, you know, again, I want to recap this and just, he's done, if he does under 240, it would be five marathons under 240 in a row. In, f- in five decades in a row. If he does under 250, it would be five marathons under 250 in a row. So uh, it's not just the three-hour streaks that he's going after, but uh, really, really impressive. Uh, hopefully he's the first one to it. And also, if if he can get under three hours, he'll also be five decades under 310 and five <laughs> yeah, decades true. under 320. That's true. It's pretty amazing It's a lot of stuff. lists. That's yeah. a lot of lists yeah. that we can... Uh, but Bob is a, a one of the really good guys in the industry and, and really a uh, a fun guy to hang out with, great storyteller. So I, I really encourage you, listeners and co-hosts, to go to one of the Tuesday night uh, get-togethers. I really do. Uh, it's it's in Bryn Mawr. It's uh, you know a couple hours away. Mm-hmm. You got Philadelphia roots. You should go up there. You know, every time I see Bryn Mawr, I'm like, buy a vowel. <laughs> Why? Because it's got a lot of. <laughs> Got a like, lot of consonants. Yeah, yeah, I do like a lot of consecutive consonants without yeah. vowels. Yeah, that's that is true. I always have a hard time spelling it, which mm-hmm. is no surprise because you because your 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 vowels are your clutch. <laughs> I'm looking crutch. For, yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, Bob Schwelm. Uh, we'll uh, have to keep tabs on what he's up to, and I'm serious. I'm running that whatever he, whatever marathon he's doing. I'm in. Might actually get you to. Um, get to that three sub three because you're going to have to do it for someone else. Like you could be part of the V (laughs) like as a pacer, sometimes pacing is so much easier because you're actually taking on the burden of what it is that person's trying to accomplish. That's true. So it it might be your fastest one yet. My my worry is that he runs too fast. I'm not going to be able to keep it. The worry is that he actually breaks you (laughs) somewhere in the last 10 K and, and then you're the laughing stock of the industry. Yep. I am worried about that. Again, again, (laughs) (laughs) for something else. All right, Docs, so you were off last week, so there's been a couple of stories that have queued up over the time, over the last couple of weeks that you wanted to share with us, so go ahead. Yeah, okay, well, I mean, basically there are two stories, I'm going to put them, I'm going to combine them. Okay. Uh, so so once I get to the end of this story, if anybody's expecting another great <laughs> right, uh, right. Docs thriller, you're not going to get it. Yeah. Um, I, I have been traveling, I was flying. Uh, and staying in hotels and stuff like that, uh, which one does when they travel away from home. Yeah. And Generally. Yeah, maybe. Sometimes. Or Airbnb. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. I said right. sometimes. Right. So I, when I was on the flight, I, I watched uh, this movie called Britney Runs a Marathon. Have you guys seen it? Hmm. No. It's good. I liked it. And, and it's, like a, it's like a real running movie. I think I, I would recommend anybody r- watch it. Okay. Um, but my unfiltered opinion on it was, so basically the, the, the backstory is Brittany is a, a woman who, uh, feels like she's, she parties all the time. Uh, she, I think she doesn't really find meaning in her life. 
Uh, she's late to things and she's always late to work. And uh, she has an epiphany to get in better shape. I think this comes from the doctor. The doctor straight up tells her she needs to lose weight, that she's not healthy. This is an Amazon original. Wow. Okay. Yeah. A comedy. Yeah. Hmm. So because she has to lose weight medically and, and she meets somebody and she uh, in her building who, who has a running group and says, hey, you can come run with us. And so she goes out and she goes from nothing, never run before and not being a runner to setting a goal to run a marathon, to run the New York City Marathon. Wow. And she makes friends along the ways and she it kind of discovers things about her own life and changes like not just uh, her, herself physically, but also uh, everything Mentally, else, every other yeah. aspect of her life changes through running and, and she becomes a runner. And then you get to the, to the end of the movie, spoiler, it's, it's actually a true story. So, so this, is, this is like there's a real Britney, which makes it even better. I think they 100% nailed all of the running aspects. There's great running jokes. There's great running stories. I think that if we could get Brittany on Pace and Nation, I think her story would be amazing. Okay. Um, but uh, I do have a bone to pick. And let's be honest. The, the movie is called Brittany Runs a Marathon. We know that she's going to run a marathon, right? Mm-hmm. It's the New York City Marathon. They are actually at the start. They actually show the race. It's the year Shalane Flanagan won the marathon. Okay. I haven't gotten to the bone to pick yet. It was early on in the movie. She, she's like at the gym or something, and she puts her New Balance shoe like on a chair and, and is tying her shoe. And I was like, boy, they really focused on that New Balance for a while. Uh, that was definitely product placement. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, I, I recognize the shoes and all this kind of stuff. And then later on when they're at the race, they're showing like the New Balance this. And it, so it's like I, it, it took me halfway through before I realized that New Balance must have also been involved with this because they were – prominently displayed with gear and everything else joanna got the, got her hooks in them i think got, yeah. i think yeah, joanna yeah. yeah i should have checked to see if she was a grip on the movie <laughs> right. um yeah. but the the one bone i have to pick is race day new york city marathon she lives in new york city and she's gearing up for the race and it is bright outside. <laughs> Zero chance when you have to go catch that bus and that ferry to yeah, New York City. Yeah, yeah. It <laughs> might be the night before because <laughs> it's so early yeah. in the morning. They Hollywooded yeah. that one up. Yeah, I think that was one detail that they missed. Yeah. Uh, well, New York City must have paid them too because they wanted to make it look nice. <laughs> yeah. yes. they, they, they skipped the corrals at 5 a.m. No, no, they show the corrals. Oh, they and they okay. sh- like they okay. show the start experience. I'm telling you, they, they nailed the – like she – she runs the marathon. They nailed the marathon experience. I loved it. It was awesome. That's cool. It was emotional. It was great. Uh, I think people, if, if you run, I think it's worth watching. I think it's a, it's a good movie. It's like movie. 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's like a really well-reviewed movie. Did you guys movie. check to see if it was in partnership with New York City Marathon that mm. they they did this story? Because that would be fitting with New Balance's product placement mm, and all that yeah, stuff that's there. That's true. All right, we'll have I to didn't ask check Joanna. anything because I was <laughs> watching it on an airplane. <laughs> we'll have to ask Joanna and, about And that, unlike but. my co-host, I don't fork over the money for the internet i enjoy <laughs> time. the the being disconnected from the world yeah uh, i will be on i will be forking out whatever it costs on the plane tomorrow <laughs> for sure hey docs can you tell us from the movie was she in the new york city marathon because she uh joined a charity like how did she get it's it's really hard to get in and the new york city marathon for Bob your first ever ever marathon this is a spoiler julie 
Go ahead, spoil it. Spoil me. All right. Well, I I don't think it's fair to tell everybody to watch a movie in this. Series. Okay, so like they she's in a she's got two friends that she's training partners with and they they enter the lottery. They don't all get the lottery and so then they talk about charity. Got it. Okay. All right. That's vague enough. I don't think it spoils well, it. Well, I don't think there's much of a spoil to this whole thing because we know in the end that she runs a marathon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. but I mean, come on. Like you, you, you knew that she was going to. <laughs> well, I am going to watch it's, it. Guess what? It's called Britney Runs a Marathon. <laughs> I, I'm gonna, I know. I'm gonna, that's what I'm saying. I'm going to. I'm going to yeah. watch it. Um, okay. Um, so I'm waiting for the second actually, great story from you. Oh no! That so uh, I mean I have another story, but yeah. like just like Julie says, don't put the expectations up right. high. Okay, all right. I actually when I was when I was out on my travels, I stayed at a um, a docks hotel, mm-hmm. and they have a it's it's like a really famous hotel, and they have uh, an executive lounge where you can get your breakfast if you're a uh, a bigwig like right, I am. Right. Uh, if you're if you're a hot shot like me. <laughs> right. And so I go up to breakfast in the morning and I, there's a lady there and she's talking to these people. So I just walk by them to go do my key card to get into the, the, the executive lounge. She says, excuse me, sir, stop. And I was like, okay. And she says, what is your last name? I said, Docs. And she says, how do you spell that? And I look at her and I just point to the marquee and I say, Docs. <laughs> she's like, oh, okay. First name, William? Yes. And she's like, okay, go ahead. It's really funny. The next day, she started her new job at the Hilton. Right. <laughs> so inside, but that's a really funny story. All right. This podcast, of course, is sponsored by Pacers Running. Pacers Running with six area DC locations. Pacers Running is for every run. Uh, I got to promote the races that are coming up. We got Love the Run You're With. It's going to be at uh, Congressional Cemetery. Uh, registration is going great for that. Uh, we've got a series of races for St. Patty's Day. And then, of course, we've got the Parkway coming up uh, at the end of April, our Alexandria's hometown race. If you go to a metro uh, stop, one of the ones in the area, you'll see posters for the Parkway. Really proud of those posters. Also, if you want to run a marathon, uh, a, a great marathon that I cannot recommend enough, New Jersey Marathon, we're signing up people for that as well, New Jersey Marathon, Half Marathon, also at the end of April. So if you want to travel out of town, a great option there. All right, speaking of marathons, we will be at the Olympic trials uh, for the marathon in in uh, February, end of February. Uh, we will be podcasting on February 28th, 4 o'clock. Uh, we've got our time set. This That's a real day, February 28th. February 28th is a real yeah. day, yep. But uh, they're doing the race on, on a fake day, February, February 29th. 29th. Yes. Yeah. So we'll be we'll be broadcasting. Uh, I'll, I'll, uh, it, 4 o'clock is the live broadcast. I'll give more details and uh, shows, uh, uh, upcoming, upcoming shows, shows because mm-hmm. I, I believe you're going to be able to come and watch us broadcast. Uh, and we'll be able to uh, interview a lot of the great uh, Brooks uh, athletes, coaches, uh, maybe even the, the CEO of Brooks. So we're going to have a lot of uh, a star-studded uh, panel of, of guests to interview. So really looking forward to that, uh, but really wanted to thank Brooks for the opportunity uh, 
taking us out there to the, the trials. It's going to be a really fun weekend. Very exciting. Very exciting. So, uh, so that'll be uh, our Atlanta trip. Uh, details still to come. If you're listeners in Atlanta, uh, we'll definitely try to connect with you at some point. Well, they're planning something. They just need to know when we're available. Okay. All right. I, I know we've got a busy agenda, so mm-hmm. um, we'll I'll get that agenda to you, Docs, and you can coordinate that. All right. One of the participants of the marathon uh, was in the news this uh, past week. Oh, I saw that. Uh, Galen Rupp, new oh, I coach. I didn't see that one. New coach for Galen Rupp. And, uh, oh, he has a new coach. He's he, not a new coach. No, he has a new okay. coach. Uh, he won the Olympic trials in 2016. Right. Um, and, you know, has medaled in the Olympics. You know, one of the greatest, most decorated uh, American distance runners of all time. Right. And the two things that he does in a marathon, he has an ice man who, <laughs> who replaces yeah. his ball cap with a with full of ice. Uh, I, I'm... That's going to be the leading story for me down mm-hmm. in, down in Atlanta, Atlanta is to see how many people in 2020 have ice men. Right, uh, it's going to be a noon race, so they might need them. They they might need them, and I'm re- I will be really excited if somebody hires Val Kilmer to be their ice man. <laughs> uh, so, so that that's what I'm going to be looking out for. The other thing is he puts speed holes in his uh, singlet. Yes, he does. Yep, and that makes him race faster. So, so I'll so be, I'll be two, looking out two for those good two nuggets things. about Galen mm-hmm. Rupp. Uh, Galen is going to be coached by Julie's. Julie actually was coached by him, and uh, uh, Julie, I'm coaching Galen. No, Julie was coached by his by new this, coach. His uh, new coach. Too and, confusing, Farley. Just say yeah. the name. <laughs> Mike Smith, former guest, former colleague of Julie. Uh, yeah, he's been on the show. He's been on the show, um, and Julie's efforting. He sang. When he, he was on the show, yeah, he made yeah. us sing. Ju- Julie's efforting Mike, and hopefully we'll have him on a, a show in the near future. Uh, I, I wanted to ask, what what did you think of this? I mean, I think this is kind of big news to the running geeks in this running in, in the running world. Well, it's uh, a story that's based on the disintegration of the Organ Project. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Be, be fair to let for everybody who doesn't know. So the Robert, Organ Project. Alberto was, Salazar was right, his coach. So his coach was Alberto Salazar. He's worked with Alberto, I believe, since he was like fourteen or fifteen years old, since he was in high school. Um, so it's will be a very interesting transition. Um, I think you know Mike does a really great job. He's the coach out at. Uh, Northern Arizona. They have won the national championship in cross country three of the last four years. He also works with um, several pro runners. So it's not going to be news to him, but Galen is probably the most um, scrutinized and maybe, um, I don't want to say judged, but Mm -hmm. he is, you know, he's our, he's the top, top guy in American distance running you know, 10 K up to the marathon. And so, um, this is a really big move in the community. And so hopefully we'll get some takes on from Mike, but I, I do believe that they've been trying to be pretty private about it. Mm-hmm. Um, Galen and Mike started conversations earlier this fall, the group, the Oregon project disintegrated over the summer, right? It was either right before it was, was it during before worlds. The worlds. Yeah, it was yeah. during it. Oh, right. and worlds was in October. Um, so, or it's September and October. So it, it, it's, it's fairly new news and it's, you know, in some ways risky right before the Olympic trials to be working with a new coach. But my guess is that, you know, Mike has taken a lot of what has worked for Galen and, and tried to, you know, meet him halfway. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. He's a controversial figure in running. Galen Rupp is Galen not Rupp Mike is, Smith. Yeah, right. 
Uh, that's for sure. So um, you can't have a more boring name than Mike Smith, and you can't have less controversy <laughs> yeah. with a name like Mike Smith. That's true, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. So uh, that'll be a storyline in Atlanta, and I'm really looking forward to these trials. And Galen will obviously be a big player. Hope to talk to Mike soon. Uh, one last thing before we get out of here, we're going to have a contest for the listeners, and you will be able to win. Uh, some Pace the Nation gear, and Brooks shoes. All you need to do is guess your top three females and male Olympic trial finishers. So you want to guess your top three that make the Olympic team. And uh, if you tweet us at Pace the Nation, tweet us your top three. Uh, we, will, we will add you to the contest. The winner will get Pace the Nation gear and Brooks shoes uh, from, from your favorite podcast. Can I enter? Uh, I'm going to have you. I, I think at the trials, I'm going to have you pick your top three. So oh hold, boy. hold, hold, okay. uh, hold, and and you can. Uh, but, but no, uh, if you're associated uh, the, the with correct the correct answer, like no, it took you too long. No, no I'm no, ineligible. You're, you're ineligible. Yeah, thank you. You will have plenty of Brooks Brooks shoes <laughs> uh, by the time the trials come around. They okay. will make sure of that. Okay. All right, great show, guys. Man, episode. 219 in the books. How on about way, that? On our way to 220. Mm-hmm. Next week will be 220 and 2020. That'll be awesome. Thanks to our guest, Bob Schwelm, for joining us as he chases his sixth decade of sub three hour marathons. He's the owner of Brimmar Running Company. He joined us today on Pace Nation. Thanks a lot, Bob. Really enjoyed having you on the show. All right, next week. Docs and I won't be on. Uh, we're going to be going somewhere this weekend. Maybe we'll have an update from that. Can't wait to hear about it. <laughs> Maybe one of us doesn't make it back. Maybe, I, I don't know. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk. Uh, we'll talk some running as well. Um, but uh, it's going to be. Uh, it is, it's going to be a great show, no matter what. If, if Chris doesn't make it back, can you come help me with the kids? I was thinking I might be the one that doesn't make it back. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, that's Julian Docs. I'm Chris Farley. This is Pace Sedation. We will see you next week. Julie, if, if Farley gets sick over the weekend, I think what we discussed a couple weeks ago was that um, that the solution is that he doesn't come back until he's healthy so that the kids don't get sick. <laughs> so so what's your That's like, where we're moving to. Okay. What's your what's your what's your take on this because What's my threshold for sick? 
Well, no, I mean, like you, you said that uh, you were upset last time you went to Austin. He caught the zombie virus, and and then the the boys got <laughs> sick as well. That's a good point. Um, and and you were saying that he should have gone to the doctor, and I was saying no, he's still a carrier. Uh, so the the solution to that was he should he just shouldn't have come home. So the question I'm posing to you is that if he's sick Monday morning. Uh, that's permission not to come home, right? It's we have it on the on episode two seventeen. I'm gonna have to figure out who the most trustworthy individual is in the group that is going to McCarney. find out to find out yeah, exactly McCarney. what was consumed over the last like you know for him three, just four just days. like two or three Miller lights a day. Yeah, it yeah. could get a little wild though. He might throw four or five in. No, I think two or three, and then he passes out. That's his move. <laughs> <laughs> Some Irish <laughs> goodbyes in there. Two, 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 to, two to three, two to three Miller lights, and this guy's heads on the table. <laughs> Sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> All right. Um, on the packing list, I told him to bring. Well, my understanding is that he's your idol because he's a faster runner than you, and he can handle his liquor better than you. <laughs> that is partly the case, but the, yes. the two yeah. things that you strive for, he's achieved. <laughs> yes, exactly. He probably likes more than just Miller lights as well. Yeah, he drinks. Stuff that is not Miller Lite, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't please set me free. This is an echo. I want to know what it sounds like.